Lights, camera, action. It is the upfront season. I'm your boy, Dave for the Connected One, and this is the time of the year when the broadcasters, digital players, and other apps, they put on the show to attract media buyers and brands to invest in their respective advertising solutions. As part of our coverage this year, we are talking to the one, the only, Richard Ivey, who is the Chief Procurement Officer for Media Experts. He's got over 30 years of industry expertise on the buying side. He has seen it. He has done it. He has been part of the change, and he will be part of the next influx of change. We're going to dive into what happened over the last few weeks. Richard, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, chatting with me. I'm happy to give you any insights I can, and I will... uh... I'll try to keep my answers uh, clear and concise for you. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. So break it down for us. Your title is Chief Procurement Officer. What does that mean in relation to media buying and planning? Well, I, I actually work with all of our investment teams. So that's broadcast. It's digital. Let's see. Uh, it's our, 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 um, our, our, our negotiating group, uh, procurement group. So we, uh, we oversee the planning buying or of, the, of, our, of our TV and investments. And then I also do work with uh, the broadcasters or, or all the vendors to deal with our contract negotiations and agency deals. So I oversee okay. all of that. All right. So TV, a lot of yep. us still watch it in some way, yep. shape or form because it's obviously changing. What yep. were some of your favorite shows from last season? Mm. Last season. So it's interesting when you talk about TV and what your favorite shows are, because it used to be, that all the TV, the best TV shows are the ones that you'd want to watch were on network. They were, you know, they were on ad supported and that has changed pretty dramatically. So for me, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that I'm watching now is on the streaming services, whether they're Disney plus or Netflix or whatever. Um, so it's, you know, it's for, I'm a, I'm like a, I'm like a superhero Marvel type, type, type person. So I love things like, you know, the, uh, the Disney plus shows, um, yep. you know, the Hawkeyes and, and, you know, and those type of things, but I also, you know, and then also the Amazon stuff, like the boys and all those things. So there's a lot of stuff that's on that side on the, I think the only shows that I've watched that are on the, on the sort of the traditional networks, um, like mm-hmm. global and, and CTV and that sort of thing. I think I watched ghost ghosts, which was actually yeah. a really good show yeah. on global. And I, uh, and I've also watched Abbott elementary, but again, okay. a lot of the stuff, I did a lot of catch up stuff on those ones were done. were done on streaming services. So, I, 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 you know, maybe jumping ahead in, in terms of some of the things we're going to talk about, but it's, it's really interesting that the conventional networks really have, are going to start, have to start leaning on what's, you know, the streaming services just to keep their audiences because they're going to start losing them to, to other streaming platforms and non-ad supported platforms. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of an interesting, you know, influx uh, at, you know, we're at an interesting influx right now um, sure. when it comes to um, how people watch TV and watch okay. screens. Yeah. So moving forward now, again, we've just yeah. seen the traditional upfronts, the tr- traditional broadcasters. Are there any shows that you're looking forward to? You've named two that you you watched from last season, but moving forward, are there any new shows that you can't wait to watch? Can't wait. Um, you don't. Uh, okay, so there weren't that many brand new shows to be honest with you. I think I think Chorus had a couple, and Rogers I think maybe had one. Um, you know, it was pretty, it's pretty light. I think Bell had the most, um, new programming. Um, so I, the only ones I think I, I'm a bit of a throwback. I, so I think the, the night court one looks kind of interesting only because I like John Lyra and I used to love the old show. So that's a bit of a nostalgia kick. So I'll probably sure. give that one a chance. 
Um, but other than that, I'm telling you, most of the, a lot of the a lot of the shows that I'm going to be probably watching are still going to be streaming shows. Okay. Yeah. Um, are there any trends that really stood out looking back at the four broadcasters who presented up fronts this year? It's all about data. That's okay. that's the biggest trend. I, I think we we've talked about that. We've actually addressed that as an agency because we know that's where it's going. We've been we've been preparing for this, um, sure. but it's all about data. It's all about streaming services, connected TV. It's all about trying to you know. I think the broadcasters have finally caught up to the well. I won't say caught up. I think the broadcasters have finally woken up and started to try to catch up to what's been happening um, in in the digital in the digital uh, uh, channels, whether it's you know the Googles and Amazons and those type of the, of the world, where they were really lean, they've been leading into dig, to data for years, and you know when they had conversations with clients, they could really talk to clients about their con about their their audiences. Like you know Amazon could tell you more about your about a client uh, an advertiser more about their audience than the than the advertiser because they have all of this this data first party data that they had they were able to harvest and use from you know people interacting with Amazon platform or Google's platform or whatever, or Facebook. Right. So they were able to have these conversations and, and really they got far, far ahead of, of, um, of where the broadcasters were because the broadcasters, you know, for years and years were still just selling, selling GRPs, you know, mm -hmm. they were selling, you know, your, the, your basic box car numbers. It's like, we, you know, we, we know that X number of people watched it, but it didn't give us, give an advertiser or a, a brand any information on who those people were, what they were actually doing when they were watching, how did they actually interact? with the brand after the fact, those type of things. So I think the biggest change this year, and I think is that those, the broadcasters are starting to finally catch up and start saying, Hey, we need to be able to deliver on what audiences and what data can, can do for, um, for advertisers through our platforms. Right. So that's where you kind of, now you've seen, yeah, all the broadcasters talked about the conventional stuff and what they were going to be putting on their commercial, on their linear services, but every one of them pivoted very quickly in their, in their, in those, in their, um, in their conversations to what are we doing in streaming and what are we doing with audiences and how are we targeting audiences and how are we reporting on audiences and those type of things, which, which is a huge change. Um, and it's probably, it's pretty welcome, but it also means that, you know, uh, it, it's going to be a little harder to negotiate with them too, because now they do have some, some information to back up their, uh, their claims. But, but I think sure. it's a good thing for all that, for that we know now, you know, we, we have a better sense of who's watching and what are they doing after they watch. Okay. So again, when it comes to advertising, there are so many ways in which a brand can advertise. You've got radio, you've got TV, you've got streaming apps, streaming services, you've got social networks. Um, are you, are you noticing that there's uh, that, that clients budgets are changing in this next year? And if so, where, if so, where are they focused on more versus what happened last year? Uh yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't say it's changed in the last year. It's changed over the last five years. Um, okay. They've been moving. Those budgets have been moving. I think, um, you know, I think, tradi well, traditional, you know, your offline media, those are, that's, that they used to be, I'll, I'll put it this way. They used to be first on, last off, right? It was like you put your, you put TV, you used to put TV, radio, print, all those things would, start, would be on the plan first. Digital was kind of like your secondary. Now that's completely flipped the other way. Digital is first. And it's and if a client only had one dollar to spend, they're going to spend it on a digital platform. Um, socials probably has has completely taken overtaken most of the uh, most of the, the conversation when it comes to where do we want where a lot of clients want to put their first dollar. It's like it's digital and social. Um, absolutely. You can't get you, you know, you can't you can't 
ignore those those things right um so right. that's a big that's a big change over the last few years we don't see you know it's it isn't just um it isn't just uh you know it isn't just the traditional platforms that that clients want to be a part of they really need to be a part of the digital platforms and that's and that's flipped pretty pretty drastically i think in the last year um you know i think again digital has been digital is probably been the, the biggest shift and things like influencers have been, have made a huge growth have been a huge growth uh, for clients over the last year or so a couple of years mm. um, influencers are a big piece of a big part of a lot of our clients uh, discussions now it's like they understand that they need to kind of give up a little bit of their brand in terms of letting other people talk about their brands and experience the brand and 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 represent the brand that's not so that's not you know directly driven by you know the um, their the creative agency and their own message it's more like we're going to give some license to people to talk about the brand the way they experience the brand and that's been a really big a big change when you know for, for a lot of clients to be able to you know let go let go of some of the uh, that, that control and let influencers kind of tell them tell people how they experience using a client's brand and that's huge that's very different so another big change that is coming to the industry is this whole no, whole cookieless world um yeah. how is your agency preparing that preparing for that um, we actually have been preparing for this for a long, long time. Um, you know, we've been talking to our clients about it for, I would say, probably three or four years, ever since um, ever since uh, Safari uh, and, you know, Apple's changed their Safari platform to, to, to go to, um, you know, have not, no tracking and, uh, and that sort of thing. So we've been talking to the clients for that a long time, and we've actually been preparing for a long time. So one of the things that we've done is, you know, we have a lot of, we have, um, uh, what we what we have called as HVAs or high value audiences that we actually are able to use uh, real real data from um, one of our one of our, our uh, one of the uh, one of the um, partners of our agency or one of these are owned by our agency is uh, as Axiom which is like a um, which is uh, which is a um, data house um, and we have and we are able to use a lot of that data merge it with with traditional data whether a traditional and and other digital platforms, environments, et cetera, to create uh, to uh, to create uh, profiles that are gonna and that are gonna be able to withstand the loss of, of cookie tracking of, and that's gonna be a big deal. So we're able to start to look at audiences and be able to target audiences that are that don't rely on cookies, and that's a huge deal for our clients because we know that once the cookie is gone, it resets the it kind of resets the landscape, and we had to be prepared for that. So we're doing a lot on, on our side to make sure that that's uh that our clients are all prepared uh, for that, for that eventuality. Um, and obviously, you know, you, you can't talk about change without referring to the pandemic. Um, yeah. What impact has the pandemic had on consumer shopping, buying habits, shopping habits? Um, I think everybody realizes that digital um, buying, you know, dig, buying, buying uh, online and digit through digital channels has, has been like, a huge shift in, in consumer behavior over the last couple of years. Um, I think we're probably at, we, I, I think uh, if you'd have asked anybody in 2019, how long it would have taken for us to reach, you know, the level of uh, the level of, of digital uh, shopping and, and, uh, you know, and consumer shopping that we are right now in 2022, we'd have probably said it was, it wasn't two years away. It was probably more like five or 10 years away in some cases, I think the pandemic accelerated it, you know, by multiplier, by, you know, multiple, uh, 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 you know, exponentially, I think where we, so that we ended up, um, you know, accelerating the, the, how people 
interacted with brands online and how people shopped online. I mean, there were, you know, I think um, things like things like, you know, uh, grocery shopping and the and those companies that do boxed box dinners and stuff like that that have exploded because people are people who had to stay in and they and they started trying out things they would never have tried out. So that's and I don't think and I think now that it's happened, I don't think people are going to go back. Um, I don't think people are going to immediately revert back to the way they were before. So that's, that's been a huge shift. And I think it's a, it's kind of a permanent one, um, you know, and I think, and so that's, that's been a, that's been a definite different difference maker. I think it also accelerated all of the stuff you're talking about in terms of streaming and that sort of thing, all the platforms that's accelerated. So how people shifted away from linear TV to, to, um, to more on demand or, or VOD or streaming or, or all those things. I think that's been another huge shift. I, I think that the pandemic has accelerated over the, as well. Um, in terms of some of the traditional media, out of home and that sort of thing, um, we saw a lot of people move away from out of home during the pandemic, made, which obviously made sense. Um, mm-hmm. But they're kind of coming back. It's kind of coming back. I think um, out of home managed to bounce back quicker, I think, than I would have expected because as soon as people hit the streets, started going outside again, we started to see advertisers want to get back in front of them and, and, and really do some things that are, that maybe take their message away from just screens, you know, screens in your pan, screens in your pocket, screens in your house. It kind of put them, put, put their message back on the street, which, which quite frankly, I feel like that sometimes make you feel bigger when you're on the street. The nuclear family. I feel that's a term that we would always use, but now it's a thing of the past. So looking at it today, who controls the household budget and how do brands reach that person? Well, I would say that the, this whole, the idea of a nuclear family was always kind of wrong. Um, there were always been various types of families. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, my, my family was different from the person I knew down the street's family. Everything was always kind of different. So this idea of a nuclear family, well, that was, that's kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. It's kind of, you know, it's, it was kind of like your, your, you know, the, it was kind of like people saying, you know, you know, the, the, the normal, right. Everyone wants to say, this is the normal it's, you know, and, and of course you saw that in advertising it was like, you know, t- mom, dad, you know, usually white, um, couple mm-hmm. of kids, a dog or whatever. And that was, right. and that was considered usually white. Yes. And that was considered normal, right. And everything else right. was niche or everything else was niche or everything else was, was, um, was, you know, different or whatever, or we're, you know, we're catering or pat- patronizing one group or another. So I think, I think the idea of like nuclear and normal and all those type of things, I think they were wrong all the, from the, from the get-go. I think what we're finding now is that you can actually see that families aren't the same. Everybody, like very families are different. People are different. Um, and people need to be speaking, spoken to in different ways. You can't talk to um, everybody with one voice and expect that and expect that people are going to accept accept the message right like it doesn't work anymore um, okay. especially when people know you can they can be spoken to in different ways it was one thing when we had one you know three networks and and no and no other way to get messages out but we people know they can be that that you can talk directly to them now and if you don't it, it's your will it's because you're willfully not doing it you don't want to have that conversation with people in their in in their own space and i think that's a that that's i think what's what's changed a, a lot in in terms of you know how you address people now uh, how you address uh, you know individuals and and thinking about diversity and thinking about inclusion that's a big part of it um so i you know i absolutely encourage clients to sort of dig deeper and not just talk about you know the the you know here's what the average is because the average is made up of a lot of people um and 
if you speak to the average, it's kind of the lowest common denominator. I don't think you're going to, you're going to have, a, you know, very relevant conversations with most of the people that you're talking with that you want to reach. So, uh, so you talked about data as being one of the big trends that you notice coming from the, uh, coming out of the upfront season. Do you have a, a message or wish list that you, that you'd sort of say to brands in terms of what they need to do to prepare for this cookie-less world for this world where first-party data will be almost crucial to a brand's success. What can they do to prepare for this? Mm, um, yeah, I, I, I guess you have, you, you got to start thinking, you, you got to start going deeper. I think you got to start thinking about uh, audiences and how you can, how you can segment those audiences, how you can start to deal, to, to dig into, you know, who the, who, who uses your brand and who do you want to use your brand and those type of things. And the best, and you can't do that based on proxy data from, you know, cookies, like, or based on old information with cookies, that's going to go away. So the best way to do it is to find a reputable, either find reputable partners, uh, reputable, and that could be agencies, it could be vendors, it could be whatever, but find reputable partners who have good information, good data. And then make sure you're tracking your, you're keeping, you're keeping your own customers, audiences, you know, keeping that own customer data close, right? Like understanding what, who are your shoppers, who are your consumers, and then figuring out how to make those, how to, how to connect it to, connect it to. So having a, having a good partner who understands how to take both parts, like, you know, the first party data from your, from the, from their own client uh, stack, and then, and merge that with, with um, you know second party data from other various sources, and then lo- link that up to the vendors, uh, the the publishers, having a really good partner in middle in, in the middle, or even if you're doing it on your own or if, as a client, is going to be super important. Um, but having but that's going to be the big that's going to be the game changer for most clients is understanding that you know they've got information that if it's merged with the right with the right partner is going to be it's going to be a multiplier. Um, it's going to deliver exponentially. So um, that's our that's the way we're looking at it, and that's why we try to position ourselves as that trusted middle person, trusted middle group who can help who can help our clients um, merge that information with you know with with the media channels that are out there and their first party data. So that's that's a I think that's going to be huge going forward for most clients is just understanding their own data. So a lot of clients are now you know bringing on data scientists in 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 house, you know. Um, that's, a, that's probably going to be important, um, you know, because it's, you know, a lot of the people who are, who have a have the data, they're marketers, but they're not under, they don't necessarily understand the, the, uh, the science of, of audiences and how to, how to pull information apart. Um, and you need somebody like that who can actually do that. And, you know, again, we offer those things at Media because we know it's important, but also we, you know, we, we, we've been working with clients who are, who are trying to build some of those things in-house as well. Um, but it's super important. How do you define an iconic brand? Iconic brand. I think an iconic brand would be, from my perspective, would be one that stands the test of time. Like they, they have a very, they have a, they have a vision. Um, they have a, they have a, um, a, 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 a platform mm-hmm. um, that is, that is, that is, you know, that, that has, you know, lasted um, and that, and that it, and it stays relevant. Um, you know, they may change the they may change the taglines and the words, or even some of the things they do in, in terms of media. But they're but what they what they stand for, how they put their message into market, um, their the you know stays st- is consistent, and it's and it's you know, and I think that's that's the mark of something that can be iconic. 
Um, you know, there are brands out there that change, you know, that seems like every few years, everything sort of changes up and, and they're a different brand and because, you know, something's not working one day to the next, but there are brands who really stand the test of time because they, they, they understand who they are. They understand what these, what their audiences what need from them and they, and they can consistently fulfill that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that's consistency and, and uh, consistency and, and remaining relevant to your, to your consumers is probably the thing that I would say makes you, makes you iconic. Um, my final question for the day. So you've been to a number of up, upfronts over the years. What do yeah. you see as the future of upfronts and the whole upfront new front model? Will it be changing? Will it be evolving? What's your thoughts there? Yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting that the only, only, um, the only uh, broadcaster that did a, an in-person this year really was Bell. Um, it's, it's a, it's a huge undertaking to do them live. And I, and I, so I kind of wonder if, if that's gonna, if that's ever gonna come back to the extent that it used to, um, you know. Um, but again, I, I, I think there's, I think there's some value in doing them, in doing some of those things live. But again, I don't, I, I can't really speak to what the, what the broadcasters all or those of those folks, uh, you know, need to do in terms of whether it, it makes sense for them to continue to do it live. It certainly, you can certainly get the message across in a, in a, in a virtual setting. You can also talk to more people, but. Um, you know, I, I think there's, I think that's going to be something that they'll have to decide uh, as a, you know, as an industry, whether we need to do them live anymore. Uh, less and less, I think it's, that's, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um, I think the, I think the digital guys, the digital players, the big, you know, like the Snapchats and TikToks and all that, they've kind of taken the place, they've kind of jumped in and, and filled that gap. They're the ones who are doing those big, splashy, you know, live you know, the upfronts, the new fronts, the, you know, those type of things. And I think that's, and, and I think they, they've kind of leaned into it and I be, they've become like the new, the new broadcasters, <laughs> so to speak, in a way. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think that's, I, I think that you're going to, I think going forward, it's going to be, it is going to remain a, like, there's going to be the big players who probably still do the splashy ones. And then there's going to be the mid tier other ones that do more virtual ones where they can talk to more people and, and, and get the message a little bit broader where they're not just talking to, you know, the, the, the top clients and top agency folk who get invited to everything, you know, because they are, they've been in the industry for 30 years, but also people who are, who are brand new to the industry, who, who do a lot of the day-to-day work and are going to be the ones who need to know, um, you know, what's, uh, what's, how to, how to buy their product and how to, how to interact with their, their reps and how to use the use their their platforms properly so i think there's a i think there's a good mix to be had i certainly think the splashy stuff is there but i think you're going to i think making sure that they get the message out to everybody at all levels uh, is going to be important i think those virtual sessions are going to be uh, the virtual upfronts are going to be the ones the ways that they can do that so i think there's going to be a, i think there's going to remain a mix okay well yeah. there you have it boys and girls the one and only richard ivy he shared his thoughts he shared his vision and you know what? As usual, it was some good stuff. Richard, appreciate your time today. Uh, I hope I hope I was help, helpful. I hope some people got you got something out of it. And uh, yeah, no, I was happy to do it. So thanks a lot, David. Really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. See you at the next cocktail reception. Okay. <laughs> Take it easy.